So today we're going to be speaking a little bit more about marriage and specifically the pitfalls that people get into um, where they find themselves fighting um, or they find themselves putting their spouse down. We wanted to like delve into it a little bit to understand like why that happens and how to get out of it. Yeah. And we, we talked last time about, you know, John Gottman and what he says about like the seven pillars to like a happy marriage, what he sees from his research. He also points out four things that he sees as a predictor to people that end up getting divorced, four yeah. common things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And those like characteristics, like the first one is criticism. Which, you know, when I heard criticism, I thought everybody criticizes, right? That's just like a human, a human thing, like to to point something out. And, you know, when I researched it a little bit more, like I realized it's not just criticism, right? It's pointing something out in a very, very mean, critical way. It's not just saying like, hey, don't do that or right. I don't like that. It's more of like you are bad for doing this. Like it criticizes the entire person for that action that they do. Right. And it's also probably like a level of how much criticism, right? Mm -hmm. We all like, and I think that this doesn't mean like if you're doing this, you're getting divorced. <laughs> right. Like this is the reason why he's sharing this research is if like if you can realize what you're doing and you can try to find different ways of communication, that can help you have a happy, successful marriage. And one yeah. of them is not falling into the pitfall of always criticizing yourself. Right. And you know, I feel like you asked me a question like earlier, which I thought was really interesting as to like, why do people criticize? Like, why do we go there? Right. Like, what comes up for us that leads us to being critical of other people? Right. That leads us to criticize people. Right. Because, like, if you think about it, right, you know, your spouse is the person who's most important in your, in your life, right? You're sharing your lives together. And, you know, you fell in love with them at one point. And then all of a sudden now, like, you're going to that critical space. And the answer is why? Like, right. where's all this coming from? Well, why do we criticize ourselves? Right? Because we have always, we all have that inner critic. Mm -hmm. And we're criticizing ourselves all the time. And when we're in a relationship, right? There's all different kinds of relationships. Most of the time in the marriage relationship is the one where the most feelings come up for you. So therefore the most conflict comes up for you. Mm -hmm. So I think before we even go to like, why do we criticize our husband? It's like, why do we criticize ourselves? Like, what is, where does criticism come up from? Right. Well, I think like if we've learned, like if others criticized us, we learn to criticize ourselves. But I think like criticism is a motivator, right? We say like, oh, if I criticize myself, like then I'm not going to do it again, right? If I'm so mean, then I'm not going to do it again. Right. And I think like that comes up with spouses also. Like if I tell you how bad it is, then maybe you won't do it again because you'll realize like the more serious I show you it is, right. the more you're less likely to do it, which really doesn't work. But there's that hope of like, oh, if I tell you how bad it was like that you didn't, you know, lack of better example, like, you know, pick your socks up on the floor. Like the next time you're not going to do it because you're going to realize it's so bad that my reaction is so strong that I make you feel so awful right. that maybe you won't want to feel that way again. So you won't do it. And even though you know, we, we try it. It doesn't work. We no. try it again, though. <laughs> Keep yeah. going back to it. I think there's a lot of insecurity that comes up that leads us to criticize, right? So if we're feeling insecure personally about something, then um, our inner critic would come up and be like, you see, you're not good. Don't try it. Mm -hmm. Don't let that happen. Don't do that. Don't even go there, you know, or look how bad you did. You can't even do that. Um, and I wonder if that like kind of relates to a relationship also. Mm -hmm. If you're insecure about something that your spouse is doing, like how is this going to reflect on me? What does this mean for me? And right. if we talk about something simple of like, you know, you wanting a clean house and your husband is not so clean and organized, you know, and then you're criticizing him. It's like, are you criticizing him because you actually are upset about the not clean house? Mm -hmm. Could be. Okay. That's a possibility. Or if we take it a little deeper, are you criticizing him because it's like bringing up a lot of things for you? Like, oh, I can't handle a mess. And now it's an object that you can criticize instead of turning it inward. Mm -hmm. Right. It's always easier to project it out rather than looking at yourself. Just because I'm going to be critical of myself, it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to be critical of the other person. Right. 
right? So it doesn't it doesn't always like come hand in hand, but I think that's a very good point of what is it that's coming up underneath? Like, is it really about the socks on the floor? And sometimes it could be, right? It could be that you really do like that that neat, clean house. Mm. Other times, like it can just be like there's so many other things happening in your day that you're stressed, or there's so many other things happening in the relationship that that seems like the easiest thing to pin it on, right? right? Maybe you feel unloved. Maybe you feel like you're not focused on enough. Maybe you feel like you're not spending enough quality time together. Maybe you feel just overwhelmed and stressed by just life responsibilities and it's coming out in I need an organized house. Right. It gives you like a sense of control on something. Like yeah. if I'm critical on this, if you would just take out the yeah. garbage, my life would be fine. Right. Yeah. And most of the time, like your life will not be fine if, if they just take out the garbage. Right? right. It's not just about that thing. Like also like it could be about that trait. Right. So, you know, I want to like zoom out a bit and to say like if someone isn't, let's say, neat, like why, why would that bother someone? Because technically, like, you can get a quick fix in right. it. Like, you know, you can say, I'll be the neat one. Or you can find, you know, cleaning help. Or you can find solutions to it of how to keep the house neat. But why does it bother you, right? So it could be about, like, do you feel your spouse is responsible? Right. Do you feel your spouse cares? Like, there's all, all these bigger things of, like, what it boils down to. It's like, what does this say about the person right. that then you're getting upset about? Mm -hmm. And then but you might you might realize, like, do I really need that, though? Right. Like, you might think you need that neat house or you might think you need someone who's responsible or you might think that this is a representation of not caring but maybe not maybe you can be fine without the responsibility maybe you can be fine if they're not caring about that aspect of things yeah so the next one is contempt like even I, I i i know what contempt is like in my head and i know what it looks but i have a hard time saying that in a sentence like right. how do you define contempt i think it's just like making like it's, it's sort of like a degrading of the person. Right. Looking down. Like, sort of like making them into like a nothing. Right. Like rolling like, your eyes at them when they're talking. Yeah. Or mm -hmm. saying like, oh, that yeah, he doesn't know anything about that. Like, just right. ignore him. Right. It's like, yeah. It's, it's sort of like like you do with your hand, like right. that brushing away. That's what I'm it's, hard to it's hard to say <laughs> right. a sentence, but I think yeah. degrading, a, a looking down at them, right. a, a, a level of disgust. Yeah, exactly. It's sort of like, like you're worth zero. Right. It's, the it's value. Like you're, the low you're, value. Exactly. Like nothingness, which can feel extremely terrible like to be on the receiving end of that like talk right. about self-esteem like that's basically leading somebody towards zero self-esteem contempt can be verbal or non-verbal right right it can be like you said like rolling your eyes or it can just be like uh, like ugh, like who cares right. what he says or exactly. not taking their like opinion into consideration like not caring what bothers them right. so where does contempt come from like if we're having if somebody is having contempt towards their spouse mm -hmm. i think i see contempt as like a giving up Mm -hmm. like it's, it's sort of like criticism like you still feel like there's hope of like right. i'm gonna shake you up i'm gonna like beat you up so that way you're gonna like do what i want contempt is like you are so hopeless that i'm not even trying anymore right like i'm not even engaging like and you see this sometimes like in, in marriages um where where the couple just like doesn't believe that their marriage could even get better that they're not even working on it anymore it's just like okay he's dumb she's dumb like he's right. not capable she's not capable and, like it is what it is and there's just like so much like inner disgust and hatred towards one another for that yeah and i think the content comes from let's say years or a lot of time of like disrespecting the other person yeah i think that's where it starts from already not valuing them already not looking at what they're good at and only focusing on the negative mm -hmm. and suddenly you're at this place where you can't stand them and right. they disgust you but it didn't happen look you marry them for a reason right? right so it didn't happen from one day to the next but it took years or examples of times where you turned away from them right or you didn't value their opinion or you didn't look at where they're good at and you only looked at where they're negative and suddenly you're in this place of contempt kind of like where i said last time where everyone's like wait how did we get here right so i think that like 
someone who's in a place of content, like how did they get there? Mm -hmm. Is years of devaluing the other person, years yeah. of not taking them seriously. Right. And then just like feeling like this is hopeless. This is hopeless. There's nothing we can do about it. Like I can't stand them. And so just like pulling back and like not not caring. Like, you know, what comes to my mind is like avoidant attachment in a sense. Like I'm just like avoiding, right. avoiding. Like, you know, there's nothing here and just like run away from it. I wonder if there's a correlation of people who have an attachment style of avoidant are more likely if they're in an unhappy relationship to be showing signs of contempt. Interesting. Good research study for somebody if they want and to do And then maybe that. anxious is more correlated with um, criticism. I think with contempt, I think it's so much more about the person that's giving contempt than the person who's receiving it. I mean, they're probably all like that, right? Mm -hmm. They're all, you know, the four um, characteristics that we're talking about that lead to divorces. I think they're all more about the person. Who's doing it. That, who's displaying it than about the relationship, actually. I think I think it's like the work of the person who's feeling those feelings and doing those things like, you know, to work on themselves. But, you know, I'm thinking like, let's say like there is what to criticize or let's say there is what to contend. Right. There are some times where people get married and they look at their spouse and say, like, you aren't what I thought you were or you're not as respect worthy as I thought you were or you're doing things that are worthy of criticism in a sense. And so like and then what? Right. Right. You know, so whose job is it then? So on the one hand, like it's it's not like it's like made up. It's not just like, you know, oh, I'm feeling. Right. But there are ways to you. communicate. Right? right. And I find it very interesting how you will see people who are respectful at work. Right. Respectful to people that they get in conflict with. But suddenly with their spouse, they're super critical. Right. Right. Where's that same like communication skills that they have in the outside world that makes it so hard? to right. do it in a relationship and there well, is something then, about it that makes it just so hard well i think like it's also it's very different when we're in a public setting versus a private setting right at home is where everything comes out right it's you can that's where you're yourself right everybody just wants to like you know take off like all their professionalism and just like be them and just, like you know be more authentic at home and so like more sides are going to come out which on the one hand makes it harder to then be respectful um because we all need spaces where we can be our true our true selves right, right? but then it risks becoming nasty if somebody was messy who shared a desk with you at work or a camp and a bunk you wouldn't be as disgusting as you'd be sometimes with people who are with their spouse i don't know camp is pretty nasty <laughs> <laughs> but yeah no but but it's true right like there still is always like a barrier of like why you have to hold yourself together and pull yourself together a lot more there than you would at home but i think like what we're really asking the question is how do you deal with somebody you're especially like, you know, the expectations towards men, right? You know, the expectation of they're going to fill every emotional need and they're going to understand me as deeply as I am, or they're going to help out as much as I need them to help out. And they're going to make a ton of money and they're going to be helpful with the kids and they're going to be helpful at home and they're going to be clean and neat. And they're also going to learn, right? You know, to some, to either be learning or working, right? Whatever that arrangement is, but it's almost like the man has to do everything. And I think like that in itself is like, who are we kidding? Right. There's no men that exist like that. Right. Zero. And so like it, it's it's almost like we're going to automatically feel contempt or criticism because we expect them to be something that's not reality. A spouse like, you know, a spouse basically is companionship. And well, I, I don't want to like break it down so simply because right. I think like it's, you know, it's unique for every single every single marriage. But like your, your spouse is really not your everything. Right. And I think many women have a hard time with that. You know, because sometimes like sometimes like I'll, I'll work with women that feel like their spouse is supposed to be their best friend. 
And then when their spouse is with their friends, their own friends, they feel left out. Or that pulls them back from not going with their own friends and building out their own social scene. Right. And that's not that's not the way it's supposed to be. And so it's, it's, it's almost like we need to break down like what it is that's bringing us towards this contempt and towards this criticism and maybe take a real look as like, what is it that you're looking for from your spouse? Right. Because it probably doesn't exist. And the more you're going to try to get it, the more disappointed you're going to be and the more critical you're going to be until you can come to terms and to say, whatever they can't give me, I need to go somewhere else for. Right. Which is fine, right? You know, giving permission to people to go elsewhere in healthy ways, obviously, um, and not to do it out of resentment of saying, like, fine, because you can't go out with me, I'm going to have to go out with my friend. Or because you don't understand me, right. I'm going to call my friend. But instead saying, like, oh, my friend just gets this better. I'm going to go there because that's what makes me feel better. I think that in itself, like taking ownership of your own needs rather than expecting your spouse to like read your mind and fill them right away can really help you avoid them the criticism because you don't have to criticize them for not filling your need. Right. Right. They can't fix themselves if they, if they don't know how to be. Let's say they're not neat. They're not going to all of a sudden become neat overnight. And so instead, what do you have to do? You have to work around it. We don't like that. Right. We don't want to work around things. Right. We don't want to take responsibility for, for our own things in that way. Like we want them to just fix it and they won't. They won't. So work around it. Yeah. So there's two more characteristics um, that we that Gottman see as like a predictor for a divorce, and that's stonewalling and defensiveness. So stonewalling, right? Mm-hmm. That's like major avoidant. That's yeah. just like your spouse is talking to you and you're just watching TV. Like you're right. not even responding. Uh-huh. You're not engaging. Or you just like walk away. Like in mid conversation, yeah. you're like, I thought I'm speaking to somebody. Like, where'd you go? Right. But you see, you see stonewalling as like a real trait that like people do, and it's kind of disrespectful. Right. And like, people come to counseling like, I can't even. I feel like this is something that we that people like, like say in marriage counseling. Like, I can't even talk to them. They just walk away mid conversation. There's no one even there. Right. Exactly. Like they're just shutting down, or they're just like literally physically moving. Right. And I think that that for people who are um, stonewalling, like there's something coming up for them that limits them to not even be able to engage in conversation. I don't know. I don't think they think like I'm stonewalling right now. No. Versus like kind of contempt and criticism. I think Mm -hmm. it's easier to identify. They may not think in their head I'm being critical right now, but afterwards they could say, oh, wow, I was really critical. Or, oh, wow, I really treated him with disrespect. Like, I think those are way easier stonewalling. I feel like it's such a... It's, it's such an attachment style that comes up so fast that a person is not even able to identify what they're doing. Right. I think I really see it as a numbness. Right. Of like complete, like Out not feeling, not there, like not not being responsive like, to hello, the other I, person. I see it as like, hello, are you listening to me? Right. It's like, oh, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you, you know, exactly. what do you say? Right. Like, you know, just finishing this email and it's yeah. like, they're not, they're not there. And they're, and you know what it might be like numbness, like sometimes comes from escalation of feelings. Mm-hmm. Like because it feels too like much. the feelings are too much, you have to shut down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it might be too much, right, to face certain things. So instead, it's just like out to lunch. Let's go away. Right. But there's no way to work on a relationship like that way right. if you have somebody who's out for lunch. Right. Because the fighting is really what works through it, right? You hope that the fighting is going to lead you towards something like stonewalling. To resolution. To right. be able to get, you know, um, back to kind of the seven pillars of the foundation. One of the things that leads to happy is, is getting past the gridlock. Yeah. And stonewalling is like the gridlock. Right. And you can't, if you're if you're not able to face any of the feelings right. or the relationships, you're not able to move past the conflict. And if you can't move past the conflict, you're stuck in right. a conflict. And I want to like clarify, like, you know, what we're not saying is like um, a certain like acceptance of the situation, right? Because sometimes like, you know, you have to you have to understand that this is a non-solvable problem and you're just going to sit and work and, and work with it. Stonewalling is complete ignoring right. of everything um, and not like mindfully choosing to ignore it. Right. 
Like it, it's almost like ignoring well, it's the spouse, not, it's, it's ignoring not, the problem. Right. It's not mindfully ignoring the problem. It's mindfully ignoring the other person who's talking to you. Right. So. <laughs> but it's, it's ignoring the relationship also. Yeah. It's just saying like the relationship is not. You're not there. Yeah. You're out for lunch. Right. Not there. Not And, you know, on the one hand, like it's not just like this like spacey person. I think it's also like we can see this in every day. Where I think it's so. You're like, like you said before, watching TV or just like, oh, like, you know, I'm, I'm busy at work and staying right. at work too long. Right. Or like, like you know, avoiding, it, yeah. avoiding connection, like, you know, or just like stonewalling. Um, you know, when, when someone says like, oh, do you want to do this? It's like, oh, I'll call you back. Right. Right. It's, it's also like there, there more could be like talking. smaller ways but it's, to do it. It's, it's sort of like pushing the person away. Right. I think it's amazing, though. And I've seen this in my life. People that, you know, you're they're you're engaging with them. You're talking to them. And suddenly either you bring up something that makes them feel defensiveness, whether it's like, uh, you know, at work having to tell like one of your um, employees something they need to work on and seeing those like shutters. Mm-hmm on their yeah. eyes and that's stonewalling happening and I've seen it happen um to me myself and I'm always I'm always fascinated at someone who's 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 personable and engaged how it can really happen how you mm-hmm. can see that and suddenly they walk out of the room while you're talking to them and you're like wait what I'm like actually in the middle of a conversation with you right or suddenly they just like start mm-hmm, 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 you know so yeah there's like that kind of like small not smaller ways but ways that you can't maybe identify that it's actually stonewalling because they're busy at work or they're watching the game or something but then there's actual like glaring stonewalling that happens in real life too yeah for sure it's like you literally like see them just like it's like the deer in the headlights where they're just like frozen there um and you know that there's like no emotional capacity to go in right right there's no and you know sometimes like with stolen like stonewalling is that a spouse will come up and say like let's talk about this or what do you think about this or what should we do about this and the other spouse will respond like you always bring this up like, well, we have to go here right. again. You're stopping a conversation from happening. Right. That can be a form of stonewalling, too. Yeah, just like, we're not going there. And it's like, but you have to go there. Right. But they're not going there. So that's another form of it as well. It's not just like freezing up and not right. talking. It's like not not having any availability for emotional connection or emotional discussions. Yeah. And then there's defensiveness. Yeah. And I think we can all relate to defensiveness, right? Yeah. It comes up, but it doesn't, again, it, it keeps you stuck in a gridlock if you can't kind of acknowledge the defensiveness and, and move it aside to have the conversation. Right. With defensiveness, like I find that like over time that fades where like in the moment you might feel defensive, but then like, you know, if you take a break and like 10 minutes later, like come to your, like come to your senses, you can say like, okay, fine. Like that really like hurt right. me, but well, that's, I can move on from it. Well, that's a way how you can get past it. Right. But I think that for some people, they stay stuck in the defensiveness and then they don't get that objectivity of to like, see, oh wait, there's actually something going on here. Let me I understand that defensiveness, like mm-hmm. you're talking as like a sense of like someone who's like worked through, right? Like defensiveness comes up in the moment. That's all I see. 10 minutes later, I can acknowledge where I was defend, like mm-hmm. what brought up the defensiveness. And now I can actually work on the issue. Right. But I think we see that some people can't move past that defensiveness and therefore that keeps them stuck in the gridlock and they can't work on the issue. Right. They're stuck in the I'm right. Right. Like I'm right. You're wrong. Or like, whatever's coming up from them. About. That's like the barrier to not face the emotion. Similar to stonewalling. It's, 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 you know, it's interesting. I feel like contempt and criticism is like putting on the other person and stonewalling and defensiveness is kind of going inside. Like retrieving inside. Interesting, no? Yeah. And you know, those are different personality yeah. styles. I wonder if he gendered them. Yeah. I think he, I, I think he might have. I'd have to like look back at that. But you know, then again, everybody can do everything. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But all of these four things really like are predictors of what's going to lead to dysfunction in a relationship and in a marriage. Yeah. And so like through working through these four things, a person can then have a more successful relationship. So how do we then like what's what's the antidote to these things? Right. right. Like what can a person like if they find themselves stonewalling, if they find themselves getting defensive or using contempt, like what can they do instead? Right. And like, you know, 
I was going to say that the first thing is to kind of check inward, like what's coming up for you, mm -hmm. right? Like if someone's stonewalling, like what's what's happening? What makes it so hard to face the emotions and to face the feelings? Yeah, exactly. That's number one. Mm -hmm. like, it's like you said before, right? If one is outward and one is inward, like what, what prevents you from going inward? Right. Like what are all those walls up or like what happens if you have to face that? And then also like I think like a lot of it is need-based of like what's the need underneath? Like right. with criticism and with contempt, what is it that you're needing from them? And can you get those needs filled elsewhere? Or can you get it from your spouse? If you can get it from your spouse, like right. communicate. It, communicate right. it respectfully and nicely. If not, you might need to go elsewhere. And I think that sometimes whenever we talk about these, like, you know, those four things, like it's like, oh no, oh no, you know, I do this, what does this mean? And it's just, it's awareness, yeah. right? It's awareness of like, notice what comes up for you and see how can you practically now communicate your needs or make sure you're getting your needs met or just make sure to do what you what needs to be done in a healthier way. Someone can be critical and not know that that is something that really leads to dysfunction. Right. Exactly. Or they might not know where to start, right? They might feel like they're in that gridlock and saying like, where do we even start like to work on this marriage? Maybe one of the things to start is to turn the criticism into helpful feedback, right? Give feedback rather than um, attacking them. Or in terms of contempt, like, you know, notice when you're rolling your eyes or instead like write down what you're feeling or get in touch with what you're feeling about them and work, work around all this. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Thank you.